0: Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at thehuddle.com with your hosts Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo, joined by my trusty sidekick, Harley Schultz. Harley, have you recovered from trick to fin overdose yet?
0: I have. Unfortunately, I have not yet recovered from awful lineup decisions on the afternoon slate.
1: There weren't that many decisions to make on the afternoon slate. There was only like six games, right?
0: Exactly. That tells you how awful they were. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
1: Actually, I didn't have much trick-to-fin. Um, we, we did a... 17-pound bone-in country ham um, that was supposed to take about 20 minutes per pound to cook, and we thought it'd be done by around midnight, twelve thirty, one o'clock tops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was up until about 3 before it finished, and then it had to sit for about an hour before I could then start to carve it to get the, the fat off of it and all that. I had a very long nap the next morning, I can say.
0: Well, my wife and I did our— Small individual Thanksgiving yesterday, where we had a small turkey breast and all the normal sides. But of course, for fans of us on Twitter, if you follow me, we do our matchup meal every Thursday night. So we did the matchup meal for the Minnesota Vikings and New England Patriots, which was the Swedish meatball stuffed juicy loose uh, Swedish meatball juicy Lucy stuffed with a cranberry brie. And then it was served with a New England red flannel hash. Uh, All of it was, of course, covered by some uh, Swedish meatball gravy. And then for dessert, we had some cannolis, which uh, is my understanding, is my wife's understanding, is that cannolis are famous in New England or popular in New England. However, uh, her brother uh, promptly told us over the weekend that they are not. So I apologize to the people in New England. Uh, that uh, we misrepresented you on cannoli.
1: Well, let's say this. Uh, Okay. One, cannoli should be famous worldwide um, because they are absolutely one of the best desserts made. And actually, they're just one of the best foods made ever. Okay? Um,
0: Well, to incorporate Minnesota into the cannoli, we actually used uh, crushed up Pearson's candy nut goodies in the mix.
1: So I'm going to try and be fast here. I don't know how fast I can be. But I will say this. Um, So my wife and I vacationed in New England... This past October, Um, we toured, we hit every one of the New England states. I think we talked about that a little bit. Um, But where we went in Boston one day was to a bakery. And of course, I can't find it fast enough to tell you the name of it. But they had some of the best cannolis I've ever had in my entire life. Um, Oh,
0: there we go. Uh, I'm I'm sorry, uh, Adam, but uh, Steve has proven you wrong. He said he had cannoli in New England. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and I, I'm gonna search for it when you when you wind up doing the news later. I'm gonna to continue to search and see if I can't find the name of that of that um, bakery because it was they had a line that was I want to say ten wide and out the door. Ooh! And they served probably twenty or thirty different types of flavors of cannolis and this that and the other. Of course, I went with traditional because I'm a. Um, meat and potatoes kind of guy. Like, I'm not a peach tea type person.
0: So give me... So They didn't have a uh, Pearson's candy nut goodie version there.
1: They did not. Well, actually, you know what? There's a very good chance they may have, quite
0: honestly.
1: (laughs) Um, They very well could have. Um, But in any event... Okay. Um, Yeah. So other than that, I mean, I thought we had some pretty good games on Thanksgiving Day. Mm -hmm. It was pretty entertaining. Yeah. and the week itself, pretty much. I mean, there's a few maybe possible upsets, I guess you could call it. Um, one very large one, the Cleveland Browns upsetting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming off of a bye, um, although it was in Cleveland. My wife called it. She said, you know what, I'm going to pick the Browns to win this week because they're going to do it for Jacoby in his last start. Ah. Um, and she plays in an in a, um, office picks pool. She's actually currently tied for second. Um, So it'll come down to points tonight, Um, and as long as Indianapolis wins and the points are less than 39 or less, she will cash in um, in second place. So we're going to be rooting for a nice, low-scoring Indianapolis win tonight. (laughs) And other than that, I guess what we should do is tell people we're going to have – um, we're going to pick back up on our too early top 12 segment and give you our top 12 running backs for 2023. And, of course, we'll be giving you our pay-ups, stayaways and value plays for DFS. Um, but before any of that can happen, we have to, of course, throw it over to Harley for this week's Blitzed Podcast News.
0: Thank you, Steve. Darnell Mooney is expected to miss the remainder of the season after suffering an ugly-looking ankle injury on Sunday. At least he doesn't have to worry about trying to catch passes from Trevor Simeon or Nathan Peterman down the stretch. Of course, considering Justin Fields' passing inconsistency, those two may have been an upgrade for Mooney. (laughs) The Ravens are welcoming J.K. Dobbins back to their practice facility this week as he continues his recovery from arthroscopic knee surgery. Ah, great. Just what Baltimore doesn't need right now. Another marginally effective running back muddying up the backfield. Now, maybe one of these other pseudo-scrubs could learn to play wide receiver before next week. Now that would help them. (laughs) Sean McVay announced this weekend that Ellen Robinson would miss the rest of the season with a stress fracture in his foot. That's extremely interesting. I never knew that you could get a stress fracture in your foot just from running wind sprints on the field. (laughs) In related injury news, it has gotten so bad for the Rams that Sean McVay may place himself on injured reserve. After getting clocked in the face on the sideline by recent practice squad promote Roger Carter Jr., when asked if Carter was going to be penalized by the team for causing an injury, McVeigh responded, No. In fact, I'm going to start Carter at running back next week, as that was the most yards after contact any of their running backs has gained at any point this season. (laughs) And finally, Deshaun Watson returns to the field this Sunday, nearly 700 days since his last NFL appearance. I guess you could say after all of the tragedy related to this situation, he is finally getting his happy ending. This has been your BPN News Update.
1: Man, I guess I need to find the um wah, wah, to to put in <laughs> instead of the laugh track for that one. Um, hey, so I found out the name of it. I'm going to actually send you a picture of okay. what it looks like. Um, that way, and I'll send you a picture of the outside of the establishment so you can prove that to your brother-in-law. Um, it is Mike's Pastries in Boston. Um, they that
0: is the name of the bakery that my wife said was the one. Yeah,
1: they are, I guess, world famous. Um, and, yes, your wife was correct if that's the one she said. And you'll be able to see. Let me see. I can probably include this one here I'll send you that's got the name on the wall on the inside. And have fun because I know how it is to put people in their place. <laughs> But They had, yes. and you'll have to, you'll, you blow it up and look at the wall and you'll be able to see all the different flavors that they actually sell.
0: Yeah, Mike's pastries. And it looks like there's quite a line in there to get some uh, wonderful pastries. So I assume there's gotta be a few, a uh, few cannoli shoppies or shoppers there, shoppers there. Yeah.
1: So here you go. I'll run it down real quick. Um, instead of top 12, we're going to give the top 12, I guess, um, p- cannolis. So the first one they have on the wall is ricotta. Yellow cream, chocolate cream, chocolate dipped, mint chip, chocolate chip, pistachio, pecan caramel, mousse, chocolate covered Florentine, espresso, amaretto, hazelnut, chocolate regatta, strawberry, limoncello, Oreo, and peanut butter.
0: You know, I'm I'm gonna be the one to make that top twelve pick on that limoncello there. That sounds like that sounds like a go-to for me.
1: You know, we didn't try that one, but I probably should have. Um, but I think that any kind of pastry shop that has that many cannolis. Speaks to the fact that maybe that area of the of the country is a little known for wanting to have cannolis. I don't know, <laughs> but hey, let's just jump right into our um, limoncello running back situation and see what we can do to um, give people some too early running back ratings for 2023.
0: Exactly.
1: Now I'm going to guess you probably included a rookie. I'm sorry, a a undrafted college player or two in your rankings. I did not.
0: I, I did not this time, although I certainly could see, uh, assuming that Bijan Robinson is in fact drafted, that he could have that type of production in the right spot. But I, for the purposes of this week, I did not take a rookie in my top 12.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to add him in my top 12. On You know, there's a chance that maybe Kyle Shanahan drafts him so that he can, you know manage the carries between him and Christian McCaffrey or something like that. I don't know.
0: Or maybe he'll join the 16 other running backs in Baltimore.
1: There you go. That too.
0: all playing behind Lamar Jackson.
1: Exactly. <laughs> all right. So we're going to let Harley said an over under. He's going to say how many we're going to match on of the 12 overall, not in the same spot. And then how many we'll get in the same spot.
0: I'm going to give us uh, nine overall and three in the same spot.
1: I am going to take under-under. Okay. Nine and three, and I'm going to go under and under. I don't know about you. I struggled with this. This was a tough exercise.
0: It really was. But then again, that shows that there's there's a certain amount of recency bias, but also it also shows that there's a fair amount of uncertainty at the running back position Yeah. Um, going into next season.
1: In years past, you may have been able to debate the top three order, you know what I mean, or, or the first guy was set in stone and then the other two or three after him, you, you, you pretty much everybody had some combination of the top three or four in their top 12 always, right, for the past few years. Yes. This year, barring groupthink and somebody starting to regurgitate what everybody else is saying, I could see top threes not matching from site to site to site to site to analyst to, to analyst to analyst, analyst, quite honestly.
0: Yes. So, again, this is based on redraft for next season.
1: Redraft full PPR, um, and it is. So you,
0: youth, uh, well, certainly can affect number of carries, number amount of wear and tear on a player's uh, body, but it's not going to be the determining factor. Whereas, say, we're not going to choose a rookie or a second-year guy over a veteran just because he's younger.
1: No, and, and for me, honestly, I factor in what is what do I think the team will look like next year. Do they, exactly. have, do they have question marks at quarterback, right? Is sure. it? Which was one of the reasons I wasn't high on Najee Harris this year, quite honestly. Um, I, I, w- I just wasn't sure what was going to happen at quarterback in Pittsburgh and thought that it could be a detriment to him, and it proves that that has played out somewhat. So I factor that kind of stuff into me setting my, my top 12 for next year, my too early top 12 for next year. Um, But I'm interested to see who do you have in the top spot? Let's talk just about the top spot.
0: That is a great segue into my running back. Number one, my running back. Number one is going to have a new quarterback next season. Once again, for like the third year in a row, I'm going to go back to the well with Jonathan Taylor, who has really started to return to form since returning from injury. And as the offensive line in Indianapolis is starting to get healthy again, Uh, again, he has multidimensional value, and with the trade of Naheem Hines, there really isn't any threat to his touches. Now, yes, Deion Jackson had looked good when he was forced to start for him, but again, Jackson is purely a handcuff at this point. He doesn't have that situational sub in value that Hines did. So I like Taylor as a both a pass catcher and a rusher next season. And it's going to be regardless. And because of the fact that Indianapolis still considers themselves in their window to succeed, uh, while they might draft a quarterback this season, they're not going to be in a rush to start him. So they're going to pick up a free agent veteran, maybe a Jimmy Garoppolo or someone like that that's going to keep them competitive and not uh, force Taylor to play alongside a rookie like the case of Najee Harris this year.
1: See, that's my problem with, with, with JT this going into next year. I don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be like. Um, it could wind up being, saying Aaron Rodgers.
0: And it very well could be. I, and, I just don't see them going in and starting a rookie from day one there. But they, They're not going to have a pick high enough to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, but but it could happen. Now, I didn't slide him down my list. That far. Far enough, I guess. Um, He does not fill my number one spot. I actually have him slated in at number five. And and it was tough to put him that low. I looked at number four. I looked at number three. I looked at number two. I could probably take the number two guy, slide him down the five, and bump everybody up. I still have a hard time getting in in front of my four and three person um, just because of that question mark. So I've got him at five. My number one player is possibly going to have another quarterback next year, too. Um, But I believe that offensively, the team is pretty well set, has some playmakers around this guy, and I believe in the coach, and I believe in his scheme, and I don't think he'll continue to limit touches as this person learns the playbook, and he'll find ways to scheme more involvement for him. I have Christian McCaffrey. It'll probably be his last hurrah as the overall number one running back going into next year, and I know that you will most likely get him in drafts well beyond that top spot.
0: Okay. I have Christian McCaffrey ranked number four going into next season just because I am concerned about the workload split that San Francisco has used now. The nice thing that he has going for him in San Francisco is that his quote unquote handcuff uh, option B in Elijah Mitchell can't keep himself on the field. He's yeah. uh, both of his uh, seasons so far in his career. he's spent more time on the injured list than he has on active roster uh, on game day. So uh, I like Christian McCaffrey going forward uh, the big thing with him is he's got the highest PPR ceiling any given week uh, of any running back in the league. And, again, that's that's a huge benefit when we're ranking PPR running backs for just next season. I actually think he's probably got a couple more seasons before he goes off the deep end. But, yes, I agree. I've got him at number four. But I, I feel like all four of my top four are kind of interchangeable.
1: See, and that's that, that's going to show us how interesting this is going to be. Your number one was my number five, and my number one is your number four. Mm-hmm. I think what this is going to tell me is normally I'm a guy that likes to draft from the tips. I want to be at 1 2 or 11 12. Yes. Honestly, I think next year the spot to be is going to be in the 5 through 9 range.
0: Certainly possible.
1: 4 through 8, something like that. All right. Who's your number two?
0: My number two, we don't have a question mark at quarterback on. Uh, he's a guy who's propelled great point per reception numbers in each of the last couple seasons. Along with great touchdown production over the last two seasons, it's a great offense that is only going to get better as his quarterback continues to grow. That's Austin Eckler for the Los Angeles Chargers of Anaheim.
1: Now, how about that? We have a match right there, and you nailed exactly every reason why I would somebody might say, "Well, he's getting older." But you know what? He doesn't. He's not like he's racking up the miles that a, that a running back like Zeke does through the tackles, right? Exactly. Um, he what he does in the passing game in full PPR. I considered putting him at number one quite honestly.
0: And I mean to this point this season, uh I think I just read today he, the difference between him in terms of receptions or and, or receptions or targets, one or the other, and Christian McCaffrey who is the number two ranked running back is the same in difference in, in targets or receptions between McCaffrey at two and the tenth ranked running back in terms of receptions and targets.
1: Yeah, wow, that's pretty crazy. All right, so we got to match it there. How about that? Right away. Um Number three. Let's see if we can get a match at three. There's a chance.
0: We might. Uh, my guy at three does have some quarterback questions going into this offseason. We're going to have a And match. he's actually technically an un uh, an un, unrequired – I can't think of the right proper word. Uh, unrestricted. Uh, he's unrestricted free agent this off offseason. Uh, unfortunately, in his case, the, the team that owns him, the uh, San Francisco, the New York Giants would be crazy to let him walk. Barkley uh, has returned to being one of the most reliable multidimensional backs here in the league. I, again, I see him coming back. They've got money to spend there in New York. And again, whether it's with Daniel Jones or whether it's with another veteran quarterback, I think what we've seen this season is that their team is starting to enter a window again of possible contention. They're, they're building their defense back up. Uh, no reason to let Barkley go. His salary is high, but it's not that high. And even if he demands a, a $14 or 15 million, th- uh, 14, $15 million per season contract, it's not like they really have anyone else to turn the ball over to. Matt Breda is not going to become the running back there. So I like Barkley to be a high-value uh, high value running back once again this year.
1: So, no, we don't match it. First, the way you started out, I really thought we were going to match. Um Barkley's my number four. I don't dislike Barkley. I considered him at four. I've considered him at three. considered him at two. I didn't consider him at one. I probably could have. Um, But at the end of the day, I slated him in at number four. Um, My number three is actually out with injury right now. But when you said quarterback question marks, um, I I thought that you may have been leading up to where I am. And maybe I should have had this guy a little bit lower because of that. Um, But I just think we saw enough with quarterback questions already this year when he played that to get any kind of solidification at that position, Brees Hall is going to provide great value for the people that draft him next year.
0: I actually really like Brees Hall, particularly from a dynasty standpoint. Uh, This is going to be our first major difference, though, in terms of rankings. I've got Hall all the way down at ninth. Now, Hall did score in five of the seven games before he was injured, and he's used frequently in both the passing game and the rushing game. But I think a lot of that passing game usage was because of the quarterback that he had in there. Uh, I'm not sure what the new quarterback or a different quarterback or even the return of of Zach Wilson would have to do with their uh, usage of him in the future. But the thing that concerned me a little bit more on him is that he is coming off an ACL. So will he be ready uh, come day one next season if he does miss like the first three or four weeks? that really kind of hurts his chances to be in a top 12 running back for the season.
1: I can feel that. I understand. Um, I don't expect any of my running backs to, to play 16 games, 17 games actually. So um, being younger, I'm not as concerned about it as if he was, had more mileage on him, but it, it, valid. And I don't, like I said, this is what's going to make this interesting. And it was not an easy thing to do. So,
0: but from a dynasty standpoint, I, I wouldn't argue with Brees Hall being the number one running number back two. two or three overall. Yeah. I, I still would have him number one, but I'd have him in the top three.
1: Yeah. So I've got at number one CMC, Eckler two, Hall at three, Saquon at four, and JT at five. You have JT at one, Eckler at two, Saquon at three, and CMC at four. So who do you have in your fifth spot?
0: I've got uh, Chicknub, Nick Chubb. This is Kareem Hunt's walk year for the Browns. He wants out. They want him out. Chubb's going to get to play a full season next year with an absolute stud quarterback in Deshaun Watson. Uh, That offensive line is very, very good. Uh, That team is set to make a huge step forward next season. And, again, this is going to be Chubb. Andy's going to get receiving numbers next season. That's going to be nice.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, I flirted with moving him up into that. Four, five, six range. Honestly, because of the same exact reason, there's not going to be a a um, person there to siphon away catches and carries from him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, at the end of the day, though, I have him seventh, so I'm a couple spots less. Um, got a lot of wear and tear, right? But and then you think that Deshaun having a full year and, and he his,
0: could steal some touchdowns his own too. Yes.
1: Yeah. He yes he will. And also, I think that you see the offense from a passing standpoint, steals some touchdowns also. So that's why I don't have him in the top five. And I slated a couple guys ahead of him um, that I thought just had a little more upside. But, no, I won't dislike Nick Chubb at all. So at number six, I have a rookie that's really just shown out of late. Um, And that's KW3.
0: This is our second match here.
1: Really? In the sixth spot? Yes. How about that?
0: Nine touchdowns over his last seven games. Uh, that tells me that KW3 is ready to take the next step uh, into the next echelon this year. Again, possible quarterback questions going into next season. Obviously, they're, they're going to do everything they can to keep Geno Smith around. But are we going to find out that the Geno Smith thing was a, a fluke or a, an aberration this year? We don't know. But Walker is not an aberration. He actually looks the part of a legit uh, back. He can catch the ball. Again, he's one of those multidimensional guys that's going to be valuable in both the passing game and the running game, and he's getting it done at the stripe. I love him, and this is a match at six for Kenneth Walker the third.
1: Yep, you nailed it. Now, question marks at quarterback could could exist, right? Will Gino be the guy that's back? Do they do something else? And then that kind of will sabotage this and make him drop down my rankings a little bit, but as it stands now, I think Gino's probably going to be the guy there again next year. Um, probably have a step back a little bit. He's He's shown out a little bit this year, but yeah, I love him. So, Who do you have? You know that I have Chubb at seven. Who's your seven?
0: My seven is King Henry. Uh, Who says he's getting old? He's actually been his best season ever from a receiving standpoint. And as of right now, Tennessee doesn't really have any other weapons to draw attention this season. So, uh, give him uh, next season when uh, London has another, uh, I'm sorry, not London, uh, when Traylon Burks has another season under his belt. I think that uh, he's going to have more to play with there. Uh, We Another possibility, question mark, Derek, quarterback, too, is Ryan Tannehill going to be back for next season? But, again, it proved uh, when they had uh, Malik Wilson there, it didn't really matter because Derek Henry is still a beast. Yeah. Uh, he can go out there and he can get 160, 170, 200 yards any given week. Always chance he hits two or three touchdowns. And, again, as long as he wants to keep playing at a beast mode level, I want to keep him in my top ten.
1: So, you know what? He is in my top 10. At some point, a guy with, that, that plays the way he plays, right? A freight train at some point <laughs> will slow down, right? Yes. If it hits enough stuff, it's finally going to slow down. Um, so I didn't want to have him in my top five. There's too much risk for him in my top five. Doesn't have much upside with PPR, which means is why I pushed Nick Chubb ahead of him. Nick Chubb also has a little less mileage than he does, right? Yes. Um, also has better quarterback situation so I viewed him and Nick very similarly when I was trying to rank them um, and I, I truly almost pushed him up one more spot but wound up going with a guy that had more PPR value and a whole lot less miles um, of course he got injured this week so hopefully it's not something that's going to impact him long term um, but at number 8 so you have let's, let's go over this real quick your top 7 is JT Eckler um, Saquon CMC, Chubb, KW3, Henry. Yes. And mine is CMC, Eckler, Hall, Saquon, JT, KW3, Chubb, bringing me to my number eight. I'm going to tell you, I have Henry at nine, okay? Um, mm-hmm. My number eight was ATN, Travis ATN.
0: We have, our third, we have our third match here. Travis ATN is also my number eight. Been an absolute beast since the trade of James Robinson away. Young, improving offense. He's been used both in the passing game and the running game. Uh, Like you said, not a ton of miles on since he didn't really play play last season. So, yeah, no, love Travis Etienne, and that team is only going to get better.
1: Yes, I agree. I think they're on the upswing. They have a quarterback already, right? They have got. A, they show that they have a wide receiver now. Um, they probably could get a little younger at the wide receiver position, but that's something you can do in the draft um, or through free agency. Um, I think they have a tight end, actually. Um, Evan Ingram's not all that old, right? And if anything, he can become the crafty vet. So, yeah, I love what ATN offers from an upside standpoint. Um, and then I have Henry at nine. So who is your you – And Hall, we had my guy,
0: Brees Hall, at nine, yeah.
1: So now we're at our 10th pick. Who do you have at number 10?
0: Well, my number 10 pick deserves to be a starter somewhere and he will be a starter somewhere. My guess would be either Arizona, Los Angeles or Vegas. Uh, each team is going to put him in a place to be a huge part of an above average to exceedingly average offense. And that's Tony Pollard.
1: Wow. Um, we don't have a match, but I do have Pollard in my top 12. Um, actually I'm at 12. I don't think he's in, I don't think he stays in Dallas though. Um,
0: I'm pretty much sure he is, not I actually looked at this here. Uh, there's roughly $30 million more in dead cap money if Elliott were to be cut next season. Yeah, That would be on top of what they'd have to pay Pollard to keep him around. So that's not going to happen. I, I just I don't see any way, unless Jerry gets really creative with the money, that both Zeke and Pollard are going to be on this roster next season. And it's much, much easier for them to let Pollard go than to try to find a – person to trade and take on Zeke's Celery.
1: Yeah, so if I knew Pollard was staying in Dallas and Zeke was gone, I probably would have had him inside my top 10, 9, 8 range, honestly. Um, but not knowing where he's going, even though you expect him to be in a good situation when he leaves, um, I just felt safer putting him at 12. Probably could have pushed him to 10 um, and swapped my 10 and 11 guys down, quite honestly. Um, but yeah, I've got him at 12. My number 10 is a guy that is going to probably get the 10-foot pole treatment from a lot of fantasy guys next year based on <laughs> what he's done for them this year. And it's because I think injuries have really slowed him down. But I have I have DeAndre Swift at number 10.
0: Oh. Yeah, no, I mean, talk about a guy who's lost equity really quickly and from a fantasy football circle. Uh, I think we both had him ranked in our top six coming into the season. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and Obviously, he has not performed up to that level. A lot of it has been injury-related. Uh, but since he's come back, he's just not getting the usage either, which is kind of annoying. I mean, he's playing behind second-string running back. I mean, career backup Justin Jackson. That That's kind of a, a, a glaring uh, warning sign there. And, again, certainly that team might have some question marks of quarterback next season, too. Obviously, they're going to yeah. have a higher pick. They might take a quarterback in the draft. They might keep Goff around. They probably should keep Goff around. He hasn't been a horrible quarterback. But again, uh, people see the name Jared Goff and whether or not he's been a good, productive quarterback for you in in reality uh, doesn't mean a thing because his name's Jared Goff. So
1: I think his limited usage right now, even behind Jackson, et cetera, is due to injury. I don't think he's 100 percent. I think they're trying to bring him back along slowly. So the thing that gives me, I guess, great optimism going forward in next year is look at what Jamal Williams has done. Right? Yes. And, and a healthy DeAndre Swift is a plus player to Jamal Williams, and I'm not discounting Williams at all, but he is. Um, so, no, I
0: I totally agree. I'm just, I'm not sure we're ever going to see.
1: Yeah, that's possible.
0: A healthy DeAndre Swift again, and that that's it's too bad because I agree. I I think that he's got more talent than Jamal Williams does. So all that could be him. Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, Swift did not make my top twelve just because. I have just far too many question marks in in that whole situation there. Understood. Uh, After Pollard, I've I've gone number 11. I'm going to go with another guy that we don't know where he's going to be next season. But he will be somewhere. We know that much. And that's Josh Jacobs. Uh, Probably one of the losers of the Pollard sweepstakes. They'll take a shine to Josh Jacobs and bring him in. Uh, He he could end up back in Vegas for all we know. I, I doubt that's going to happen, but it could happen. Currently, he's leading all NFL running backs in total yards. I mean someone's going to offer him a contract no matter how many yards and how much uh, wearing Terry puts on this year.
1: There you go, you just nailed my concern with Josh Jacobs. He didn't make my top 12. Um, he was right there in the handful of guys that I had just outside it when I was trying to say can I do it? My biggest concern is how many more miles do the Raiders dump on Jacobs between now and the end of the season?
0: Seriously. I'm I'm amazed at how many they already have dumped on him this e- season. Exactly. And, and there's enough. And then he still breaks off a 90 plus yard overtime
1: 86 86 86, 86, but yes um 86 (laughs) unbelievable Uh, i don't know is that more jacobs or chicken or the egg type thing right seattle was it the seattle d or is that the the josh jacobs effect i don't know um but yeah i don't disagree i don't dislike him but he won't make my top 12 no matter where he lands i am going to have a concern about his usage and what it does to him going into next year
0: Okay, well, we've gotten through, I I gave you my 11th. Uh, Who was your 11th?
1: My 11th is a guy, every time I look at my list, I'm like, how do I have him so low? Um, But I think the age is creeping up on him a little bit. It's Dalvin Cook. I have Dalvin Cook at 11.
0: I have no problem with that. I actually had him at 13. He's just outside my top 12. Uh, Again, yeah, the age is creeping up on him. Uh, the Vikings have a decision to make on Alexander Madison this offseason in terms of contract. Same thing that we have in the situation with Dallas. Uh, Minnesota really can't afford to keep both of them. Uh, Delvin's contract is not as bad if they were to cut him, but it'd still be nearly a, a 14 or $15 million dead cap hit over the next two seasons. So I don't think Cook is going anywhere, again, unless someone wants to take on that contract. I think they're probably just going to let Madison walk and hope that can a wangwu is ready to step in as a backup level uh, running back in addition to being a, a ridiculously good kick returner.
1: <laughs> yeah, here's the other thing too. If Minnesota wasn't doing so well this year right now, you could see where maybe they part ways, right? But as it stands now, they're they're looking at minimally they're currently the number 2 seed. They could wind up as as a top seed. They're, I don't see them falling any further than the 3 seed honestly, right? Um mm-hmm. So they're going to make what would be considered a deeper playoff run, I would think. And when that happens, I think you're almost guaranteed to bring that core back, which he is a part of, um, just to try and run it back per se. So I I think he's a safe top 12 pick. He's not flashy, right? But I think he's going to be a safe, when the running back starts to dry up, somebody's going to get a good value with Cook at the end of of the first, beginning of the second round.
0: And again, though, that's even a bit of a disclaimer, though, on how he's, Performed in the last year and a half, and his history of injuries as well too, is that just a couple of seasons ago, I think he was pretty much a consensus top five running back in the league. Yeah, and, and now he's kind of right on that cusp of is he first round eligible still?
1: Yep. And then at t- number twelve, I have Tony Pollard. As I said, who's your number twelve?
0: Well, okay. For my number twelve, let's uh, let's go to the internet and insert the Anakin Skywalker Padme Amidala meme because he's got to be better than next year, right? Right? Okay. And that's Elvin Kamara.
1: Wow. Okay. Um, He wasn't even one of the handful of guys I wrote down on my almost made top 12, believe it or not. Um, So does that mean running back's going to be deep next year? No, running back's never deep. I get it. (laughs) I get it. But you know what? So concerned about that offense, the quarterback, the wide receivers. Like That is not an ascending offense right now. And and you just have to wonder how that's going to play into his value going forward.
0: And what else I mean, happens? You're, you're not a believer in uh, Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston as the quarterbacks yeah. of the future there?
1: No. And then do we know what's going on with his charge that he has to
0: face? That is the big question mark with Kamara. Uh, and, and maybe not having a decision on that is forcing him to have a, a rough season this season. But it just, it just I feel like they can't go into next season with Winston and Dalton as their quarterbacks – they can't go into next season with the game plan of not featuring Elvin Kamara if he's on the field. Uh, the guy is a PPR beast when he's uh, active, and we've seen uh, just a year and a half ago him go out and score six touchdowns in a game. So we know that he's capable of absolutely breaking a slate uh, yeah. just by being on the field. the The usage is what's ridiculous there. It's 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 a somewhat absurd, and I mean yes. Taysom Hill is going to steal an occasional rushing touchdown. We can accept that. We can't accept no, we can't. is him getting eight touches in a game.
1: Yeah, it's. I think you're gonna have a whole. You need to have a regime change. It's. It's just. It's not a situation I like. That's mm-hmm. how I feel about it. Um, okay, here's a handful of guys I considered to make the top 12 that didn't make it: Najee Harris, Joe Mixon. Josh Jacobs, Aaron Jones, and lastly, an injured guy, um, and and he was probably near the bottom of that list, was Javante Williams.
0: Well, yeah, I think Javante Williams is definitely kind of in that 13, 14 range for most. I already mentioned that Delvin Cook was my number 13. I I liked him there, and I almost put him in my top 12. Um, Other guys I considered, I, I didn't consider Joe Mixon. I'm really, I'm frustrated with his... Uh, I don't want to say lack of effort, but, I mean, he always, going into last season, he was always looked at as that guy that you ended up settling as your running back one on. Yeah. You, you never were excited to. And then he went out and had a huge season last year, and everyone started to get a little bit of, oh maybe Mixon's actually finally turned the corner. No, Mixon's the same guy. He goes out there, he gives you 3.7 yards per carry. Uh, he occasionally gets a touchdown. He maybe catches three passes in the game. Oh my, this is boring. <laughs>
1: yeah. Miles Sanders, is another guy, I didn't write him down, but he was, he was close to be written down as to, do, can I find a way to get him into my top 12?
0: Yeah. I, I, I like Miles Sanders. Uh, just it, it's Jalen hurts offense. I mean, how many touchdowns is he going to share Aaron Jones? We don't know the quarterback situation there. We don't know if he's going to be in green Bay next season. True. Who knows? Yep.
1: <laughs> now for, for what it is for, with Miles Sanders, he's got 900 yards rushing right now and seven touchdowns. Uh, Everybody was like, well, he doesn't score touchdowns. He didn't score any touchdowns last year. He didn't score There's always positive regression and negative regression. Um,
0: but think about this, though. How many touchdowns would Miles Sanders have this season if they didn't give, like, five touchdowns to Kenneth Gainwell and three to Boston Scott and yeah. ten to Jalen Hurts?
1: <laughs> Very true. So, But I'm just saying, I'm not saying he's top 12. I'm just saying he's somebody that still should be – he's going to be considered in that area where if you wind up settling for him that you could get that kind of production.
0: And somebody's going to get lucky and get Najee Harris at the end of the second round next year and be very very happy.
1: Yeah, um, you know what'll happen? That person that's sitting at one or two is going to get him at the end of the second, and then wind up nabbing another like top tier wide receiver and start off with one hell of a top three to, to start a seat. To start or maybe
0: get Travis Kelsey in the wrap around there to three.
1: Yeah, yes, that's true too. Because Kelsey's not slowing down. He'll still. I'll tell you right now, we're not doing tight ends till for two weeks. Travis Kelsey's going to be my number one. How's that?
0: That's, that's a good uh, little uh, leader for a couple weeks so people can listen
1: in. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, well, that does it. Um, I'll run down my top 12, and then I'll let you run down yours real quick, and then we'll get into our DFS stuff. Um, number one, CMC, followed by Eckler, Brees Hall, Saquon, JT, KW3, and Nick Chubb, ATN, Derrick Henry, DeAndre Swift, and Dalvin Cook, the two guys that we didn't agree upon, and then rounded out with Tony Pollard. So we agreed on ten. Had three in the same spot, so the overhit and the push happened.
0: Well, I've got JT at one. I've got Austin Eckler at two. Saquon at three. C-Mac at four. Chicknub at five. KW three at six. Uh, King Henry at seven. ATN at eight. Brees Hall at nine. Although I agree with uh, Steve, I think he could slide up there pretty quickly if he shows that he's healthy come day one. Number 10 is Tony Pollard, someplace other than Dallas. Number 11 is Josh Jacobs, someplace other than Vegas. And number 12 is the he's got to be better, right, right, Elvin Kamara.
1: Okay. Um, also, it hit, we pushed on same locations, right? Yes. Had somebody told us prior to me making that guess that we would match on two, six, and eight, I'd have taken you over, no doubt. We, you don't match below the fifth spot on stuff like this, and we matched on six and eight, which is kind of crazy.
0: Exactly. So anyway, let's see. Let's set it oh, over- Maybe that's what that's saying is that that is the, the zone you want to be drafting, and if you've got pick six, pick eight, pick eight range, you'll be able to get one of those two guys and, and yeah. maybe get lucky and get like a Cooper Cup in round two of coming back around. <laughs>
1: yeah, very
0: very. Devontae possible. Adams, I mean.
1: <laughs> very, very possible. All right, set the over-under for the DFS segment we're going to do here.
0: Uh, this is going to be a t- tough week, so the line is set really low. It's at four.
1: I'm taking an under. How's that?
0: I No, I wouldn't argue with that. I almost put the line at three because there's a lot of players I like, and there's a lot of players I don't like on every slate. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um- Yeah, it's going to be interesting, to say the least. So for those that are new and possibly listening for the first time, Harley and I do not discuss any of this in advance. He sets an over-under just so we can see, you know, before we get started, what we think we're going to match on. Um, Very rarely do we hit the over. Um, I think a couple weeks ago we hit a big over, right, with seven or eight or something like that. We're going to give you our pay-ups, stay-aways, and value plays for each of the four skill positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver and tight end. And Harley is going to lead us off with who is he paying up for at the quarterback spot?
0: Okay. Well, as I said, there's a lot of guys that I like. Um, I thought about Jalen hurts here. I thought about Patrick Mahomes here. I thought about Joe Burrow here. Ultimately I settled in between all of those guys on Justin Herbert at Vegas in five career starts versus Vegas. Herbert has 14 total touchdowns versus only one INT. In his last four starts, he's got three total touchdowns in each of those four. He's also averaged over 300 passing yards per game against Vegas in those five career starts. Plus, of all the Vegas defenses he's faced, this year's might be the worst. They've allowed every quarterback this season not named Russell Wilson to absolutely dominate them.
1: So we have a match right out the gate. There you go. We got got one off on the board. Um, I, unlike you... While I did look at Patrick Mahomes, I didn't love the matchup, but I'm not going to say that. See, I
0: the other thing is, I, I, it could go either way. It could either be a yep. ridiculous shootout, or it could be a both teams kind of play down. It's like uh, it, it, I think it was like a poker tournament. When you're sitting at the table, there's two of the best team, uh, two of the best uh, big stacks at the table. You don't like throw a lot of heavy punches at each other. You kind of wait and let the uh, the small stacks knock each other out first, and then go to battle later on. Well, so yeah.
1: And it's outdoors in Cincinnati, and you never know what you're going to get from a weather standpoint. It doesn't look like it's probably going to be that bad, but you just never know. Um, and unlike you, you said you thought about Jalen Hurts. I did not think about Jalen Hurts as a payup. up um, Actually, I'm going to transition right away and go right into our stay-away and say Jalen Hurts is who I'm staying away from. Um, fantastic night they had last night, running the ball, 363 yards as a team, I think it was. Hurts set the Philly record, all-time record, for a quarterback rushing yards in a game. He came up, I think, twenty three ish or twenty two ish short of the NFL record that was set earlier in the year by Justin Fields. Look, this game in my mind, it's in Philly. Okay, um, it's unseasonably warm. It's going to get a little cooler. I don't think weather will be an issue there. But we, with Tennessee and Philly, this could be a game where you see six possessions combined. I mean, each team can go on a seven, eight minute, you know, offensive series and end it with a, a touchdown or a field goal. So I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game. I think it's going to be more of a ground game. That doesn't bode necessarily badly for Jalen Hurts. Um, I just don't know that you're going to get a guaranteed three-times value. Maybe a DraftKings at 8,000, 8,800 on FanDuel might be a little more challenging.
0: Well, I didn't really break down Tennessee's <coughs> skill set against running quarterbacks. Well, but I do know that Tennessee has been very, very good against running backs. Yes, they have this season. So they have. Uh, and, and but the... what they have been very, very bad against, though, is passes. Yeah. And passers. So I think Hertz is. I mean, even without Dallas Goddard, has enough weapons between Devonta Smith and uh, Quez Watkins and AJ Brown that he should probably throw for a couple touchdowns here and and probably run for one, which is where he's going to approach three times value. Uh, the guy that I'm staying away from is one level below him. And that's Lamar Jackson yeah. at home versus Denver. Uh, De- Denver has not faced a running quarterback like Jackson at any point this season. So we don't know what their capabilities are going to be against the running quarterback position, but their pass defense is going to shut down the laughable little existence that Lamar may have to throw to. Uh, so the only points Jackson's going to give you this week are going to be rushing points. Of course, Even when you include the rushing numbers for Jackson, he has only one game out of his last eight where he has accounted for more than one touchdown. There's a two-touchdown performance uh, four weeks ago. The only time in his last eight games he's had more than one total touchdown. That's not going to do it for the fourth or third-highest-priced guy on the board.
1: So for what it's worth, um, I wanted to get this in there. You don't know how Tennessee is going to defend Jalen Hurts However, I do think that Green Bay, after getting gashed in the first quarter, kind of showed a way that you can try and slow them down. But that then is going to exasperate what they give up to the pass. Um, again, just I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game. And I think that Philly will want to run the ball as much as they can to keep Henry off the, off the field, honestly.
0: As they, as they should.
1: So, And then that will give their defense time to stay fresh so that when they do go out to see him, uh, that's my reason. I do not in the least, disagree with staying away from Lamar Jackson. Not in the least.
0: Oh, by the way, stay away from any wide receiver on Tennessee, too, in that game.
1: Yes, there you go. Absolutely.
0: But that's, that, that should not even be a thought to begin with. Who's your value play? We might actually match on this one.
1: Um, well, my value play, I wrote down a name, I crossed them out, I wrote down a name, I crossed them out, I wrote down another name, and then I said, wait a minute, Where's where's – the Sean Watson on here. I missed him. I I didn't see him. I was looking for him and I missed him. And I went, Oh Christ, he's not a value play at (laughs) 65 and $8,000 for his very first game back. Uh, But I did. I was like, wait a minute. I don't, he's lower than, than Jordan love. Where the heck did he go? I just thought that he didn't have a price. And then I saw him in the middle of the pack. Um, at the end of the day, and initially wrote down, um, Perkins in LA. And I, I just was like too risky. Can't do it. Um, and then I, I went to Kenny Pickett, and seeing what we've seen so far, the game that's happening over my shoulder while we're recording, I'm glad I crossed him out. Um, <laughs> instead, I landed on Derek Carr. Uh, he's seventy-three hundred. It's a little bit more expensive on on FanDuel fifty-six hundred at, at DraftKings isn't bad at all. So, Derek Carr is my value play.
0: Yeah, the Chargers can be beat both on the ground and through the air. I uh, don't mind that play at all. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, a gentleman that I described on Twitter today as what you get when you order Gardner Minshew on wish.com and that being Mike White. <laughs> Minnesota ranks near the bottom in pass defense. They have particularly struggled with backup level starters all season. Uh, guys like Cooper Rush, uh, guys like Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, and for whatever reason, Minnesota keeps getting thrown against these backup quarterbacks because of either injury or replacement or for whatever reason, we can just keep facing these guys. Now, White wasn't forced to start, but he's certainly on par with the crew that has absolutely lit up this team on defense. Uh, we're going to be without our first-round pick from this year, safety Lewis Scene, who was injured in a London game. We're going to be without our second-round pick, uh, cornerback Andrew Booth Jr., who has looked bad to start the season and who's hurt right now. He's going to be going undergoing surgery this coming week for an injury. Uh, The secondary is really beat up right now. Uh, Mike White should have no problem having a successful game at 5,400, 6,900. That just gives you so much room to fit to fit. And I would like to say Mike White was my most successful cashing uh, quarterback this week in DFS.
1: Awesome. So I looked at Mike White and I just went, I just – I don't know, does he fall back to earth after the, the game he had in the monsoon this week? And I looked at it, and I was like, Derek Carr's only $200 more. And he's got, yeah. it, arguably, he has as good, if not a bad <coughs> matchup. And then he is $400 more on FanDuel. So if that's going to, I just felt that Carr was a safer play. Uh,
0: yeah, again, I have no problem with Derek Carr at all this week.
1: All right, let's go over to the running back spot. And who are you paying up for at the running back spot?
0: I'm going to pick up for Nick Chubb at Houston. I actually like Eckler and Jacobs going up against each other as well. Again, that game competes for some big points. Hell, I, I might try to put together a cheap lineup with White at quarterback and a bunch of cheap receivers and put all three of them together at my two running back slots and at my flex slot. Uh, but you know what? That game, the, the, the Eckler Jacobs game, features other parts, other auxiliary weapons that might steal touches from them. Yeah. Uh, Nick Chubb it is going to probably be the focal point of this game against Houston, because if I'm Cleveland, I don't want to make this game about Deshaun Watson versus Houston, because that will just distract the entire city the entire week. So I try to make this game about Nick Chubb destroying a Houston offense, a Houston defense. that gives up over 180 combo yards per game to opposing running backs.
1: So I think it can be about Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb still eats. How's that? Exactly. Um, So, I'm going to give us a match because I have Chubb as I, who I wrote down first. But what I did was I wrote down Chubb and I said DraftKings,
0: right? Yes. I no. I, I know where you're going with this, and I almost went the same path. <laughs>
1: and then Austin Eckler, who's four four hundred dollars cheaper on Fanduel as the as the pay up for for there. So, but no, we'll, I'll give us a match on Chubb there.
0: You you can go ahead and give us a full match because I I was actually leaning to doing this exact same thing.
1: Okay. He's staying and away. like I said, I'll Go.
0: probably have both of them in my lineup. So. Yeah.
1: And if there's a path to it, hey, man, have at it. Um, who you going to stay away from, though? I think this one we're going to match on.
0: Let's stay away from Saquon versus Washington, A200 and A600. Since week six, no lead running back has topped 80 total yards against the Washington defense. Only two have scored touchdowns. And both of those two that scored touchdowns, there was actually a total of three touchdowns, but all three of them came on halfback passes. So... There there hasn't been a run a lead running back scoring a rushing touchdown against them since week six.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, Saquon could take a sixty yard swing pass to the house, right? And and make his day just like that. But no, that Washington defense pegging him as, you know, what he costs to get him in a lineup, I'm absolutely staying away from him this week. Okay. Those Alabama boys in the middle of that of that Washington defensive line, they're no joke.
0: Yeah, and what's what's interesting is so at the start of the season. Uh, I think we all kind of shredded Washington a little bit for their lack of a secondary. That pass defense is actually improving as the season's gone along too. So Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, but you know what? Your defensive line getting pressure and stopping stuff and putting people behind the chains. That makes helps. a huge
0: difference in that, yeah.
1: Absolutely. One helps the other. Um, I don't know if we're going to match on our value play, but I think we might actually. And if we do, we're going to hit a push halfway through.
0: Well, so I already mentioned I liked Eckler and Jacobs against each other. My pay-to-play is Nick Chubb. I'm going to stay in that same game and use my value play as Damian Pierce versus Cleveland, fifty-nine hundred and sixty-five hundred. It's the other half of this matchup, and it's a juicy matchup too because Cleveland—they're almost as bad against the run as Houston is.
1: <laughs> that is true. Um, that we didn't match. I thought you may have done a mini stack, honestly. Um, I went with Michael Carter. Um,
0: I'm concerned about this injury.
1: You are. See. I- Maybe I'm maybe I'm just blind to that. I don't know. Um, I know that James. Oh God, what, his name just escaped me? Why does name escape me? You know who I mean? James Robinson. James Robinson. Yeah, there you go. I was gonna say James Connor. It didn't wasn't James Connor. I got Terminator on my head or something. Um, I don't know. I just I guess I wasn't that concerned about it. But maybe I should be. If he does play and it looks like he's going to be solid, though, I don't dislike him as a value play at his price. I wasn't a big fan of a lot of the lower price guys, honestly.
0: Yeah, I mean, again, if, if for whatever reason he is out, then certainly you can look at his backups, guys like uh, Bam Knight and uh, Ty Johnson, who are both uh, in that $5,000 range on DraftKings and under six K on FanDuel.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, I should have put a disclaimer that I didn't really want to have a value play. Anyway. Let's go on over to the wide receiver spot. Let's see if we can we got we've got three matches. One more gets us a push, and two, of course, gives the over the hit.
0: And Vegas will okay. Be so at the wide receiver position, uh, I, I think you can make an argument pro and con on a lot of the high price guys this week. Yeah, I would there's agree. There's reasons agree. to like them all, and there's reasons to dislike them all.
1: I agree one hundred percent with you. Actually,
0: I just kept looking, and it's like. The first one that actually stands out to me as someone that I like and I I don't really have any reason to dislike is A.J. Brown at home versus Tennessee. Uh, 21 different wide receivers have hit double-digit PPR points versus Tennessee this season. Um, So it it doesn't even matter if he splits targets with Devonta Smith. They're both going to hit plus 10. Uh, Brown's going to score at least one touchdown this week too against that defense.
1: I have a question for you. Out of, out of all the guys that have done that against Tennessee this year, how many of them did they trade away during the draft? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm paying up for A.J. Brown.
0: Yeah. And as much again, as I we'll said, we'll talk about it a little bit on this next player, too. That uh, <laughs> As
1: much as I said, I thought that it could be, I still think it can be a lower scoring game. I still think A.J. gets enough to make him worth the pay-up.
0: And again, like I said, all these other players in the top 10, there's, yeah. there's, there's some sort of question mark. You Justin Jefferson at home. Yeah. His price is the highest, but he's going up against the Jets. And will that mean he gets a nice sauce Gardner shadow? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Justin Jefferson versus sauce is gonna be a fun thing to watch. You got Tyree Kill going up against San Francisco and San Francisco is their defense has just been in beast mode lately. Yeah. Uh, Devonte Adams.
1: Basically San Francisco, yet got the first two quarters to score points. Cause they don't give up quarter points in the second half.
0: Devonte Adams has a pretty good matchup, but his price is a little higher than Brown's. And, uh, I, I trust uh, I trust Hurts a little bit more than I trust Derek Carr right now. Yeah. Uh, Jamar Chase his first game back is he gonna be on snap count? Yep. Uh, Jalen Waddell, same thing. The San Francisco defense Higgins Will Chase being back hurt him. Right. <laughs> a lot of question marks up on top there.
1: Yep. So yeah, that's cut. You almost had the exact same thought process as I did. So we had a match with A.J. Brown then. How about that?
0: Well, one of the guys I just mentioned is who I'm going to stay away from. Oh, we're going to hit the... And that is Jalen Waddle. Now, you could choose to fade Tyreek instead, but interestingly enough, it's fast, speedy receivers are the ones that have had the most success against San Francisco this season. And while Waddle isn't exactly slow, Tyreek Hill would be considered the burner of the two. Yes,
1: Tyreek has speed for days. Um, Interestingly enough, the reason I faded the same game, same player not same player, but same game, I faded Tyreek, but it was because of the price. Um, of the two, yeah, that's understandable. Of the two, yeah, he probably could hit. But it's still such not a great matchup. I'm going to say I'm going to avoid that dollar amount because I'd rather try and save somewhere else. So I'm avoiding Tyreek Hill. When you said what you started to say, I really thought we were going to have a match there.
0: Uh, although that, that gets into the mind of what we both are thinking about here. It's like, well, you know what? Here's the thing. Just avoid them both. Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, we only have a roster we can only avoid tell you to avoid one, but we're just going to go out and let me say, avoid them both, and you're good. Um, who's going to be your value play?
0: Well, I'm going to do my stack here at value play. It's a stack that paid off handsomely for me this weekend, and that's going to be Garrett Wilson at Minnesota. Uh, Wilson scored twice last week. Now, one of those was a bit of a goof because the guy fell down and basically broke his leg. <laughs> Uh, but Wilson scored twice last week, and he has top 90 receiving yards in three of his last four games. Now, again, if I'm going to start Mike White, and again, that's a bit of a stretch to start him, and I want to start three expensive running backs, you got to go cheap at wide receiver, and that means uh, either starting Garrett Wilson or Elijah Moore or both of them among your three wide receivers.
1: I don't hate it, um, but at 53.66, I look to go a little cheaper for my for my value play. Uh, Elijah Moore. No, it wasn't Elijah Moore. I don't dislike Elijah Moore either, quite honestly. Um, I went to a different game. I went to a game where I think being at home hopefully helps, um, and they're facing just a putrid secondary when it comes to allowing fantasy points to the wide receiver position. I went with a rookie. I went with Drake London for this week.
0: That, that, that takes a lot of faith to start an Atlanta receiver, but yes, does. no. It it is a good matchup certainly for him. Yeah,
1: if there's a if there's a spot to make them realize that they have wide receivers and pass catchers, it would be that game.
0: Here's what I got to say though. How angry must you be as a as a season-long redraft Kyle Pitts owner, or even a dynasty Kyle Pitts owner <sighs> to see him get put on IR? And then they immediately throw a touchdown to my Cole Pruitt on <laughs> the first yeah, drive of the game. Man.
1: Don't don't do this. <laughs> this is a family show. You're going to make me start to use words I shouldn't be using. Uh,
0: I, I'm sure there were some broken televisions because of that one. Yeah,
1: probably. Anyway, okay. So we had the one match at wide receiver. We sit at four, and going into tight end, we need so we've got to push, right? Um,
0: we're, we're gonna we're gonna hit the over. Yeah, I think we are too.
1: Anyway, who are you paying up for at the at the tight end spot?
0: Uh, the highest priced guy on the board. Uh, we talked about him before. He's going to be our tight end number one in a couple weeks here. Travis Kelsey at Cincinnati. Every above average tight end. I mean, and I'm talking like guys like Travis Conklin. Even that's faced Cincinnati has absolutely just beasted against them. Kelsey scored in both meetings with Cincy in January of last season. I see no way Kelsey doesn't score at least once again here, and he's going to approach 100 yards, which is pretty much his staple. Uh, again, three times 8,400 is hard, but he, he's going to get you at least 20 points. I guarantee you
1: that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I paid up for Travis Kelsey. So, yes, we hit we hit the over. Um, I did not dislike the matchup. Like, Mark Andrews, okay, Denver, not the best matchup in the world, but I, I don't dislike it. It's in Baltimore, okay? Um, Hawk, I don't dislike his matchup. I actually like George Kittle's matchup quite a bit. Um mm-hmm. So the top priced guys, basically everybody's five grand and above, or six grand and above. Um, I could have easily went to them, which would have made me say, "Well, I'm going to fade Kelsey and go with them instead, right?" Um, but at the end of the day, I paid up for Kelsey. Who are you staying away from?
0: Well, I'm going to stay away from Mark Andrews. And uh, again, it's, he's the second highest priced guy. So if, if I'm going to pay up for Kelsey, I'm not going to pay for Andrews. And if I'm not going to pay for Kelsey. I'm not going to pay for Andrews either. I'll just pay for someone really, really cheap because then that tells me that I'm going to be starting three high-priced running backs. But here's the big thing. There's, there's no other wide receivers there to worry about. There's no excuse for Denver to not put Patrick Sertain on Mark Andrews for the entire game.
1: So the funny thing is, you know who I wrote down as my first stay away? After I wrote down my payup was Travis Kelsey. You wrote on Kelsey
0: again? I did. <laughs> I
1: absolutely did. And then I said, well, that's not playing the game. Fair. So I said, well, if I want to pay up for the highest price guy, then I'm going to stay away from the next highest price guy because I'll want to go lower. And we have a match, so we're, we're really busting you over here. That's six for us. Um, I have Mark Andrews as my, as my stay-away also.
0: Well, so now I'm going to go for the, the triple leg here on my value play. Uh, again, I like to do those three-legged uh, stacks whether it be Elijah Moore as my third leg or this tight end, Tyler Conklin at Minnesota. It's a revenge game for Conklin versus Minnesota. Minnesota struggled against tight ends over their last six games, along big games to guys like Mike Gesicki, Hunter Henry, Zach Ertz, and Dawson Knox, who are all kind of in that same tier as Tyler Conklin. Uh, I was a little concerned about the fact that CJ, Uzalma got more usage last week for the first time all season. But I think Conklin's going to score in the revenge game narrative.
1: So, It's funny that you say that, um, because honestly, I completely forgot that it was a revenge game. Um, and I did consider, I did look at some other guys, but actually we have a match. Um, that's crazy that we're going to go three for three at tight end. Um, I'll tell you, I did consider heavily saying Evan Ingram. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because he's a little bit cheaper, but yeah, um... Wow. I I would have never guessed we would have swept tight end and and had six matches with this slate the way it looks, honestly.
0: I I absolutely agree. And again, tight end has been a bit of a barren wasteland for the last few weeks here with all the injuries, but I mean, when you've got guys like Foster Moreau moving up into the top ten tight ends.
1: So here's where I stand. We didn't talk about this, and we should have earlier. Um, In Scott Fishbowl, I have Tyler Conklin on my roster because I drafted Darren Waller, um, and you know he's on IR, and I have not dropped him yet for the chance that maybe he comes back at the end of the year. Um, but, you know, I have David Njoku, so I was starting Conklin while Njoku was out. Now I've got to decide, do I start him or do I start Njoku this week? Because um, I am in the playoffs. I know you are too. Um, coming into tonight, I s- am situated at 66 with 356 total, 0.6 total points with Alec Pierce playing. Cut line sits at two fifty nine ninety seven. You're at six seventy three at three o four o five. I don't know who you you have Jonathan Taylor tonight, right? Yes. Um, so, yeah, I got it. That's a decision I have to make with Conklin going forward. But in any event, we hit the over on the DFS pay ups, stay aways, and value plays, which I would have never in a million years thought we would have hit it on, on this slate. I it.
0: thought there was no chance.
1: Yeah, not not crushed. I mean, was that seven? We matched on out of 12 that's crazy that's like a short slate you would expect to do that yes in any event um feel free to follow harley on twitter at nuclear harley follow me at steve gallo nfl if you have any questions during the week we'll gladly help you out including on sunday um we try our best to answer everybody timely Mm -hmm. if even if it means harley says do one thing and i say do the other um you can castanza us if you want to. Also, make sure that you're a member of the huddle, so if you haven't joined, go ahead and do so. Lots of great things there to help you. If you're in your playoffs that start this week or next week, whatever, um, but that's where the push is coming from, right? And as always, do us a favor and make sure that you get blitzed responsibly.